Quest Nation, thank you for tuning into the Love Quest podcast. Get your Bibles ready, get your notebook, get your coffee, get some water, whatever you need to do, and get ready to receive. The time is right now. Let's go. When you see something served to you that is going to benefit your physical body, when worship is being served to you, the same way you feed yourself physically, you feed your soul. This is why He gave us our hands because we lift them and when we lift our hands and when we engage it triggers a signal to our spirit here's what you got to understand about praise praise will always send a signal to a anxious soul that you're coming out of anxiety okay right praise will also arrest cool people go talk to somebody with no hands and talk to somebody who was born mute what you doing today with what you've been blessed with right it comes a point where we have to be responding to life versus reacting to life and when I respond to life I give my life away so that I can receive a better life. So when I praise God, what am I doing? I'm giving myself away. Right? That's what the psalmist says. I give myself away so you can use me. Right? It's not God's intention, men, that it's only a few worshiping men in here and the rest of us are watching men worship. Right? I think the way lions teach little lions to eat is those little lions begin to copy what the bigger lion is doing. So you only have an excuse to be shown something for so long without you having a responsibility to respond. So she said, glory is here. Goodness is here. The glory and goodness of God is simply, or the goodness of God or the glory of God is his goodness. His goodness is his glory. You want to see the glory of God? You woke up this morning. You want to see the glory of God? You got here safely, right? You want to see the glory of God? You are receiving the gospel without being persecuted. You want to see the glory of God? You live in Northern America with all kinds of opportunities with your little spoiled self. You got a roof over your head. You got money in your pocket. You got organic food to eat. You got whole food. You got fresh street. You got gardens. You got save on. You got all kinds of stuff. You want to see the glory of God, you're standing on two of them. Ain't nothing worse than a stuck up, stiff Christian who stare at the glory of God instead of rejoice over the fact that I have been a recipient of his goodness when I was cut off. I was eternally bound or doomed to hell. But one day a man died for me. He rose for me and he gave me life. You want to know what I'm shouting about? It's because I'm alive. You want to know 
I'm shouting about because when I was a sinner, he was dying. He died for me while I was in the club, while I was drunk. He didn't force me to give my life to him. He died and then waited for me to come to him. You want to know why I'm excited? Because I was lost and now I'm found. I was on drugs. Now I'm sober. I don't got time to be cool. I got a whole generation depending on me to bust open doors for them. I got children that's depending on me to fight battles that my parents may have not fought. What battles are you forfeiting that your children you claim you're going to love? You are deciding to not face certain challenges and you're going to hand off battles to your children you were supposed to fight. What kind of man are you? Right, we woke up this morning, man. Do you know that's half the battle? And if God tapped you on the shoulder this morning, you, he deserves your breath. If God allowed you to wake up and not wake up paralyzed, he deserves your dance. What? You better shake your leg. You better figure out a way to give God glory. He gave you teeth. Smile. Show them. There should be no smileless Christian in here. Because we supposed to have, remember what Christians tell the world. If you are not saved, I am sorry that we tell you that Jesus is the only way. But we look grumpy. Right? If somebody today handed you the only kind of car, and you knew you was the only one in the world that had this car, or a pair of shoes, let's think of a pair of shoes. Today you was gifted a pair of shoes that no one in the world has. Would you wear them? Would you tell anybody about them? Okay. So if you found the only way, like you're going to tell Muslims, you're going to tell Mormon, you're going to tell New Age, you're going to tell the whole world that your God, your Jesus is the only answer to eternal life. That's what we got the arrogance to tell people. But you don't look like you excited about having your limited edition shoes. Right, if I want to find depression, I go right, right down in the alley to somebody that's walking down the alley looking for a hit. You told the world you found the hit. And I know there's people in here looking at me like, bro, you can't tell me what to do with myself. Nope, I can't. But what you can't tell God is when you get in some trouble that he didn't try to tell you. <laughs> yes, yeah, three months from now when you're going through hell, when God was trying to get your engine revving so you go through hell versus letting hell stop you. <laughs> yeah, praise God. Don't, don't turn my mic down. Praise creates momentum. So every person in here, you are going to go through hell one day. So why not start your engines? Engines So when you go into a place of hell, when you go through a hard time in your life, you go into it with momentum. A running back don't walk into the line. He goes with a run, with a sprint. So what praise does is get you going. And do you believe this? You can go through hell and come out not smelling like hell. 
Hold up, hold up. But if you stay in there long enough, you'll come out limping, beat up, missing teeth, stayed on them drugs too long. You, STDs, sores on your mouth. Because you slept with the enemy too long. And God is saying, I'm trying to change your posture so that when, they, when I allow the enemy to tackle you, he can't hold you because he ran into a moving target. Come on, do I got any moving targets in here? Amen. Come on, give your neighbor a high five. Say, you look way better than the last time I saw you. Go on ahead and have a seat. You look way better than the last time I saw you. Hallelujah. Can we give it up for our first time attendees one more time? Hallelujah. All right, so for those that know, uh, and can we give it up for our online audience, please? So for those that don't know, but the, and for those that know, we've been on a series called what? Pop culture. Let me tell you something. The world is turnt right now. It's crazy. DJ Khaled giving God more praise than a lot of believers. <laughs> he get he every day. God did. That's all praise is. Why are we making praise difficult? He one of my favorite. He one of my favorite characters right now in the world. He heck of funny with the camera. He's like, come here, come here, come here, come here. Stop, stop, stop right there. I love it. But guess what he do? You know what's crazy? A person like DJ Khaled, no matter you can judge him all you want to, guess what he's doing every day? Giving God glory. And he's obeying the Bible, whether he knows he's doing it or not, because all Bible says is let the world know that God is good. That's praise. I, I don't know about you, but that kind of irritates me. I'm competitive. I'm not going to let DJ Khaled outpraise me. And he probably don't step foot in a church. And I'm at church all the time. And I know that ain't going to happen. But pop culture is crushing it. And somehow religion has taken the pop out of the church culture. Right? And what I do understand is revival here is going to look like joy. Why? Because there's not much of it. Right? It's very critical, cynical, judgmental, passive-aggressive. It's very pale. It's very, not pale like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not talking like skin color. I'm talking like, you know what I'm saying? Like personality sometimes. It's just like, it's very, you know, you try to crack a joke with somebody. Serious face. You know what I mean? You open a door for somebody. Rarely get a thank you. Almost offensive you open a door for somebody. It's like, no, I got it. I got it. Okay, well, let me close it for you. So then God has sent someone from a very vibrant, thriving pop. And this is not everyone here. I'm not telling you that. This is not everyone here. But what I do find is people that do got the pop are struggling to keep the pop because they've been living in an area where pop is offensive. And especially in the church, how have we, how do we have the redeemer of our soul in our spirit 
and we can ever sit for 90 minutes plus quiet. I am trying to tell you I cannot go to a quiet church. (laughs) I can't do it. We weren't made to be quiet. We were made to listen, which is different than being quiet. But even while I'm talking, I would not be effective to you if while I'm talking, I wasn't listening. But I refuse to allow religion to put out the fire that started the church. I will, I, man, I, I'm, I'm handing off my great-grandchildren coals. I'm putting coals, right, right, right. I, did, I knew you were get coals, like burning coals. I'm, I'm handing my grandchildren burning coals. Y'all still don't know what, oh yeah, I forgot gas barbecue pits. Okay, that's what we have here, but gas barbecue pits. Okay, I like charcoal. Charcoal, you ever heard of charcoal? Briquettes? Briquettes? Firewood? Okay, there we go. There we go. Burning hay? A little closer? All right. All right. A joint? Marijuana like pipe pipe? Y'all know y'all know what marijuana is? Right? You ever say, just give me the lie? You ever see that? All right. Fire. We are obligated to hand the gener- next generation fire, not religion. We have to raise children to tap into their charisma. Let me tell you something. There is nobody that has Jesus inside of them that does not have charisma inside of them. And do you know how much energy it takes to shut your charisma down? Oh, that's hard. It's so hard to be like super cool. Trust me, I was a cool cat. Sometimes I can still be cool. Right? There's some environments where I'm just like, I'm laid back because I'm always leading. I'm always pastoring. I'm always talking. So whenever I get in an environment where I don't have to do none of that, you would think I'm shy. You would, I look like some of you guys when I'm in certain places. Right? I'm chill. Don't want to be bothered. Like just... I want to be informed, but I don't want to be challenged. All right, give me some information. Let me go home and think about it, and then I'll think about responding one day. So, but when when something is in you that is alive, right? Here it is. Here it is. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Have you ever had to use it? really bad like really bad if you don't go somewhere you ever have to use it so bad that wherever you was you just have to use it see this is why sometimes it's hard to preach to some of y'all because y'all staring at me like y'all ain't never been nowhere in life look at your neighbor say loosen up you look constipated right now (laughs) right listen Right? You see, how, you see how your brain is thinking. You're trying to see where I'm going instead of going with me. That's how, Jesus, that's how we work with God. We're we trying to see where God's taking us versus, versus walking with God. So just go with me. 
All right? So you ever have to use it really, 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 really bad? That's what I'm talking about right there. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and then, but remember when you get to that, by the time you get to that point, you've been holding it for a long time. Tell me, tell me how much energy this takes. Or if it's the number two, ab, ab muscles, clenching, you clenching? <laughs> Just walking around clenching them. <laughs> Clinch Eastwood up in here, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> come on, Pastor T, come on, Pastor T. <laughs> okay. Listen, that takes a lot of energy, don't it? Right? You can't look. You, you can't really be too productive. You can't ignore. You ever be sitting in a meeting, though? Like rehearsal sometime? Like, yeah, meeting yesterday. Like long meeting sometime? And you got to... You see that energy? And then what happens when you release it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Freedom. Here, here, here's, here's, here's the revelation. Freedom didn't come until you released it. Okay. All right. So what do you, some of y'all think you're going to praise God once freedom comes. So when we praise him, bow movement. That's that. There's a bow movement. See, y'all want to make everything spiritual. There's a physical for the spiritual. It's a bow movement. You're releasing toxins. Praise is as important as kombucha. It's a probiotic to the spirit, to the soul. It's a cleanser. When you praise, you it's like when you sneeze. So, okay, so, so how did you get a negative spirit? How did you get a negative perspective about your life and your situation? Because you spoke it. You agreed with the, with the thought. You agreed with the lie. You hung out with people who spoke death. Bad company corrupts. So if bad company corrupts good character, then good company corrupts bad character <laughs> if bad speech can root you in death then good speech could root you in life so when you have an opportunity to uproot some of the toxicity you planted yourself in throughout the week then you come to church where there's a room full of faith and maybe your faith is little but through participating with the group exercise, you link up to other people's faith. And now the faith is distributed throughout the room and we all get blessed. And that's why we gotta create a culture of praise. Praise is my superpower. 
Don't, don't be like, oh, Pastor T, you blessed. Oh, Pastor T, you look young. Oh, Pastor T. Man, yeah, you got to work out. But man, there's also a side of youthfulness that can only come through a, a, a living soul. Right? Some people are aging because they're, they're dying within. Like, like Bible says, man, they went up in his presence and came out and their whole affect changed. We supposed to be glory carriers. Therefore, when we bear his image, we bear glory. People see life. They see youthfulness. They don't see depression and confusion. And, and you ever have to get around somebody and you like, you okay? Man, every Sunday, I'm looking at people that hear every Sunday, and sometimes I just want to ask you, are you okay? I'm not talking about first-time attendees. I'm not talking about newly to, new to church. I'm talking about some of y'all been here week after week after week after week, and you look constipated. So clearly, you have something to lay at the altar. There, there's, I gotta pray. I gotta pray. I gotta let it out. I gotta pray. Right, 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 right. Ah, stop, don't stop, stop. I got, right, right, you know what I'm saying? But that's what the old school saying. She said, but y'all not ready for that. Y'all not ready for that. That song will kill y'all right now. <laughs> it's like snatching somebody off the toilet still with their pants on their ankles. It's like, I can't do that for you. You still need to keep releasing, okay? You, keep, you still got some more movement to go. Okay? Folks walk around here in the spirit like this. <laughs> yeah, praise is my superpower. Say superpower. superpower. Praise confuses the enemy and constructs the inner me. Bars. Praise confuses the enemy. Because I am supposed to be depressed. I am supposed to be defeated. I am supposed to be anxious. I am, man, I live in a world where I should be worried. Worry is normal. But when we're in this world or in this culture, we're not of it. So why would I depend on the world's vices to get through when salvation purchased me a higher level of healing, breakthrough, and access that only being one with the word of God can give me? Why would I pass on that? And then it's kind of like you are, do I got any drivers in here who don't mind? Like you drive all the way till it get close to the, to the gas light. Come on. Then when the gas light come on, you know how long you got to go. Right? I hate stopping to get gas. And then there are some of you responsible people who put gas in the car when it gets to half tank. Amen. 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 But here's my point. Here's my point. The same way the people that love, why do we praise God or why do we tether to God or why do we want to run to the altar when the gaslight come on? Why? 
why we want to come putting in the church? You know, that's what the car do when you run out of gas. I know a lot of y'all ain't never ran out of gas, but I have. Okay. Okay, no. Right? That's how they just roll up in the gas station, put it in neutral, <laughs> and just roll up into the, get to the tank, right? Like, but you ever run out of gas when all the pumps is full? <laughs> I love all you responsible people. Now, 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 a lot of you responsible people in here, let me ask you, do you steward your soul the same way? Or do you let your, do you let your gas light come on, then you run to Jesus? Then you want to lift your hands. Then you want to praise him. But why do we got to, why, why can't we be like the responsible people and stay full? Right? Praise is not an emergency call. It's actually a proactive, it, it, it's, there's defense and there's offense. Praise is, is it, it's offense. And sometimes really good offense is good defense. Right? I can't just guard. I can't just always be on my heels. I got to be a two-way player and I got to make sure I keep my opponent on their heels because if they got to follow me around the court all day, they're, more, they're less likely to have the legs to put me to work on the other end. Why the devil keep us on our heels? Why are we living like this? Well, it says the kingdom suffers violent, violent, take about first force. It says that the gates of hell should not prevail. That picture is a church that charges the gates of hell. If you're charging, you're on the balls of your feet. That's not a, 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 a reactive church. But most of the time, God has been used for emergency purposes. He's not a first aid kit. We just put him on the wall and whenever a cut comes, we like, oh God, can I get a band-aid, please? No, he's your nourishment. He's your water. He's your daily bread. He's your water. He's, he's your vitamins. Right? He your pro. Welcome back. I missed that hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah 62, we've been reading this, that we are church, we are culture, and what we are building. Somebody said the other day, man, I, they came all the way from uh, Saskatoon, and they was like, man, what I love about y'all church, you got a culture. Do you know how important culture is? There's, there's an identity. There's a lot of universities, but not every university got a culture like Duke or, or like North Carolina or like uh, 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 Grand Canyon University. There's when you step on campus, people are wearing purple. They speak in the same language. It's hard to tear apart a culture. And so what, what kind of culture are we, though? Because everybody is a part of culture. And some of you guys need to switch your culture. This is what probiotics and what kombucha and what, 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 what's the, what's the other one? I like it too. I like the, uh, the sour, sauerkraut and the, huh? Heifer. Did you say heifer? Huh? Kefir, kefir, kefir. I'm like heifer. Amen. I don't fool with heifers. Amen. I'm married. 
like sauerkraut and like, like kimchi. That'd be a cute dog name. Yeah. Look, kimchi, kimchi. So, so, so what are these, what, why are these sour? Not necessarily, they're an acquired taste, but what do they do? They, 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 they create a healthy gut culture. Right? Why is it important for a healthy gut culture? Maybe digestive? Right? Some of us have digestive issues, so we're easily offended. So we don't know how to digest accountability. Some of us are broken. We don't know how to digest love. Right? Some of us are too independent, so we don't know how to digest covenant. Some of us are so carnal, we don't know how to digest worship. And the reason why it's easy for some of us believers to sit in church and stare at other people engaged with your God is I would say that you have an unhealthy gut culture. Because when, you're, when, you're, when, you're, when, you're, when your culture is healthy, it can't do anything but live all the time. And so what he says about what we say about this culture, what scripture says about this culture is that we have watchmen on the walls, on top of the walls. There's people at the bottom of the walls waiting for a signal from the people on top of the wall to say when the army or the enemy is coming, when the storm is coming, right? We're, we're people for the city that's on top of the watchtower looking and we yell down. Hey, train is coming. Time to praise. It says day and night, this culture, they stay at it. They stay praying. They, they stay calling out to God, and they stay reminding God to remember. And we are so passive when we pray. God, if you want to. Since when was saving a city an option since when was saving your family an option since when was you believing for your parents to get off alcohol or drugs and that is not a Lord let your will be done prayer that's a Lord you said like like this whole passive-aggressive False humility church that's being created where we stay at the cross, persecute anybody walking in resurrection power, always blowing people's candles out. What? Stuff we're waiting for, we should be taking. We take it. If you want to take your health back, it ain't a God make me healthy. It's a change in my program. And then God partners with your kale. He partners with your vegan. Some of y'all have idolized diets. But if you don't make God the number one vitamin, then the devil is going to hop all on your plant-based diet. Plants still go bad. So just because you green... 
It, it don't make you healthy. Just because you skinny don't mean you healthy. Just because you got muscles don't mean you strong. Man, we was playing against, I don't know how big that 6'8 dude was, 6'8 dude. I love, I love these dudes. He trying to pump me. He, you, we going to wrestle tonight. We was at the free throw line. This big man, he came. He said, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> got him asking questions. See, that's, 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 what, that, that's, that's, that's how you need to make the enemy start asking questions. Like, who is this? Who is this? Where they get that strength from? <laughs> I said 45. He said, dang. You in good shape. But I ain't even in a good shape like I want to be. But the point is, is... I'm not just going to be on the floor. Like, like you're going to feel me. Like I'm not just going to get out of bed and exist. If I, get out, if, I, if I make a decision to get out of bed, then the next step is I make a decision to live. I'm not just going to wander around the world. I'm not just going to go in Starbucks and hide. I'm not just going in the grocery store and hiding. No. If I lace them up, you're going to feel me. Right? I don't care about missing shots. That's a part of the game. But one thing that cannot, I, I don't have an option, is to not compete. You might not have the money. You might not have the resources. You might not have the relationships. But you got a competitor, a competitor inside of you. Blessing finds competitors. He said he blesses those who diligent. Do you know what diligence is? That's a fight. That is a percent. That is per that, that's this six, eight, six, nine man trying to post me up several times and realize he cannot do it without working. So he settles and stands out here. When you make a six, nine, six, ten person Stay out here. And then he go crash the boards. And I'm like, ah, you're going to feel that buttox. <laughs> hmm. Some people in here, you do not take living personal. You do not take fighting for your family personal you do not take I'm talking about what is it going to take for you your co-worker do you care enough to compete contend for your city you're not here just to take money from your city you're here to bring life to your city you're not here to just get money from your boss if God's blessed you with a job you're there to be a light in that organization it don't matter. Promotion is in God's hands, not in your connections in your organization. Maybe your promotion from that job is leaving. And you trying to climb the ladder in a place God is trying to get you to exit. 
Shaka Khan. So he says, he says, he says, they are to give him no peace. When we praise God in this church, man, I am not letting up. There's too much God has promised me, my family, my friends, and my city, and my country, and my future, and my grandchildren who are not here. He has, I'm warned for, I am warring for promises for five generations. Like, I, I, I can't, my, my, my unborn grandchildren can't afford me to not participate. So we must be known as a city of praise. I don't care. People are going to come from all over the country to love quest just to experience this joy. A city of praise is a place filled with citizens that are unashamed of broadcasting and publishing openly the goodness of God. Psalm 35 says, then I will praise you wherever, <laughs> wherever. I will praise you wherever I go. And when everyone gathers for worship, I will lift up your praise with a shout in front of the largest crowd. Y'all, y'all, man, we've been on this for like five weeks already. If you ain't got rid of that religious spirit of like, oh, it's supposed to be quiet in church. How many trumpets and symbols and all this? He just said, I will lift up your praise with a shout in front of the largest crowd I can find. How the devil got the church silent, but the stadium's loud. I remember growing up down the street from the Oakland Coliseum, Oakland A's, Raiders, Warriors, and five, 10 blocks, well, about seven blocks away, you would hear the crowd. If you've ever lived in an inner city, anywhere five mile radius from a stadium, you can hear the cheers of a crowd. So who told you the moment you got with Jesus, be quiet time. It's quiet time. Until, look, I'm telling you this. Jesus, it's a long time before Jesus comes back. That's too long to be quiet. Hmm. A praise, a city of praise is filled with citizens that keep a posture of gratitude and are intentional about keeping a full memory bank of the faithfulness of God. Right? We, we're not waiting for something to happen to us to praise God. We don't, God don't need to do nothing else for us for us to praise him. For all, like we can just go, go on and on and on and on. And, right? We can go on and on. Like we can, but but we, don't, we don't appreciate the toothpaste. We, we, toothpaste, that's what you're supposed to have. Toothbrush, we're supposed to have. Four kind of cereals. Supposed to have. Skip the dishes. Like, do you know how spoiled we are? Do you know how many options we have? You go to prison, you find out real quick. No, bro, I don't care who wore these shoes for 20 years. These your shoes. This your uniform. Extra large, we, all we got is oversized. Right? You want to wear some clothes in prison? You're going to wear this outfit. You don't want to wear no clothes? Good luck. 
right? This is what you're eating. I don't care if it's cold. Bam. You hungry? You're going to eat it. But we walk around, and we got all these options. Yellow toque, brown toque, black toque, red toque, baseball cap, 30 pair of shoes, workout socks, church socks, right? Tight underwear, loose underwear, dresses, pants, loose pants, skinny pants, sexy pants, go on a date pants. I don't care what you say about me, makeup. Right? All these options. I'm going to draw my lips bigger today. I'm not going to put no lips on. You're just going to get these little lips today. Right? Some people live in places, guess what? Your teeth falling out? Say bye. Right? Bye, bye, bye. Right? Okay? Here, dentures, implants. But I'm telling you, I will not get dentures. I talk, I, I get too excited. <laughs> no. No, you're not going to catch me slipping like that. Implants. <laughs> but we have so many options. But then we make praise an option as well. We forget how blessed we are. No one broke in our house last night. And some of us leave our doors unlocked. I be slipping sometime. Like I'm from Oakland, California. How I get to that comfortable? All right, you got multiple cars. You got bath. Shower, two sinks. He don't deserve no praise. You, you, you was almost late this morning because you was trying to figure out what to wear. Right? What, what, are, what are we doing? Do you realize how, like, everything you have is a blessing? So... The city of praise keeps a full. See, that's why I got to keep people around me that remind me of the goodness of God. See, one day you're going to thank Love Quest for always challenging you to realize he's good. Joyfully, you'll pull up buckets of water from the wells of salvation. And as you do it, you'll say, give thanks to God. Call out his name. Ask him anything. Shout to the nations. Tell them what he's done. Spread the news of his great reputation. This is Bible. All you theologians want, want doctrine? Teach your church this. You want to run the principalities and rulers out of this city? What if the church lifted up a praise? <laughs> Sing praise. Sing praise songs to God. 
He's done it all. Let the whole earth know what he's done. Raise a what? Sing your hearts out. The greatest lives, the greatest lives among you. The holy of Israel. Look at look at this. What the Bible says. It, it comes a point when you refuse to praise, you now disobedient. But it's not a disobedient like you're rebellious, but you are fighting off. Like like he give he gives us the keys. Praise is a key. It's like going home and refusing to use the key and hop in the window every time. <laughs> Why would you go through the window when you got the key? Help us, Lord. A city of praise you will find often turned up. No, no, not on our anniversary, not for a show for Easter, not for Christmas where we celebrate little baby Jesus. We're often turned up. We are looking for, and we're creating reasons. To, you ever hang out with somebody that's, that create a reason to fight? You're like, bro, chill out. Like, you, you want to fight or something? Like, why are you, you ever, you ever, you ever hang out with somebody in an argumentative mood? Have you been argumentative before? You ever get in that mood where you're trying to pick a fight? Here, here, here's the thing. Here's, he, he, tell me if I'm wrong. Whenever you're trying to pick a fight, you're trying to release frustration. And you get more mad when somebody will not allow you to release it on them. Right? You know, when you try to release worry on somebody, they're responding cool, and you say, why you don't care? So you want to tell about your worry to a worry person. The same thing they did to Jesus in the boat. Jesus was sleeping in the storm. They're like, you don't care, we about to die? Ain't it funny how we look for people to worry with us? Wouldn't you think you need a calm person? When you're sick, do you go get checked up by a sick person? Or you go get a doctor. What if you were sick and you walked into the hospital and the doctor was throwing up and coughing all over you? So why you keep gravitating to people as sick as you to help you? All right, all right. So, so, so here, when you're frustrated, you're trying to release something. Right? Praise is almost like picking the fight. It's like, I got to praise and I got to get it out. Right? I'm, my, my memory bank is so full of his goodness, I got to tell you about it. And then there is a power in that joy that agitates your joy. And then before you know it, it's like the wave at a game. It starts off with a few people, a couple bold people, all of us eating our nachos. You see the wave starting way across the stadium. And the first couple times you do not participate. You get what I'm saying? You do not participate. But then you ever, it ever comes to that point where you like, dang, I got to do it. Right? Hey! 
All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You got it? You see that? You see what kind of community that is? And one day we're going to be in a stadium and we're going to see that. One day. See, when it's a culture, you take that culture of praise to the basketball game. When it's a culture, we can lose. And I don't like moral victories, but what I appreciate about you guys is when we lose, you still give a hand. You still praise. And it's not like you're excited we lost. What you're doing is you're trying to say next game. Remember the goal. Elder John came the other day after the loss. He said, remember the goal. Championship run. You get what I'm saying? Like, so, so whenever you go through something in life, you're not out. But you, you, you start going out when you lose your praise. It's a couple more and we'll, keep, we'll, we'll close this. Say we're looking for a reason to celebrate. It's like a bully looking for somebody to punk. Right? I'm, I'm looking. I'm just like, like he said, hallelujah. I'm like, God, you brought him back from Europe. Thank you, Jesus. Good to see you, son. <laughs> a city of praise has a contagious, consistent, and courageous joy. Hey, hey, can I give you some revelation? Can I give you some revelation? Joy is courageous. Check it out. Shut up. Joy, not y'all, this the woman on here, just Siri. <laughs> Listen, joy is courageous. That's why some people sitting next to you, no matter why, when we talk about joy, they can't release it. Because if you track their lives, there's other areas of their life they're too afraid to be bold about. Right? You're in your mind about, like, like you're, 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 you're timid. And there's certain things that turn you up, but probably if life don't turn you up, like I'm talking life, I'm talking about the Lord. Then whatever turns you up has become an idol to you because that's the only thing that can move you. A city of praise is rooted in love. The Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. There's something, he didn't say, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us watch people He didn't say watch. He didn't say put the magnified glass on me while I put the magnified glass on him. It's an invitation to something. <laughs> we do this every day with our little screen, with our little phone. Wow. Right? When you magnify the Lord, you zoom in on the Lord. Okay. And when you zoom in on the Lord, as you magnify the Lord, guess what happens? Clarity comes. Why would you want to serve God at a distance when he's invited you to a close-up? He, he tore the veil. You ever had that phone that don't zoom in? You ever get to them pages where you can't zoom in? Right, so you screenshot it. So you have control. Right, the same way you screenshot that thing same way you screenshot 
something he's done for you. Stop focusing on what is going bad, but screenshot a memory when he brought you out. And then today, zoom in on it. Until he does something new in your life, whatever you are waiting for, this is why praise is key to patience. Praise is fuel to patience. Because praise will allow me to screenshot a memory, zoom in on it, and focus on it. And then that distracts me. You can take a picture for like 100 people, zoom in on one person, you can't see the other people. I know here, here's some of y'all fellas. You've zoomed in on a picture with a beautiful lady in it. No, the one in the group picture. The other ones to you were ugly or insignificant or whatever you would say. But the moment you zoomed in on her, the moment you zoomed in on her, what happened to the ugly ones? What happened? They're out of screen. Some of y'all not getting it. Some of y'all call him like, he ain't call me ugly. He ain't I didn't say you was ugly. <laughs> I want you to see this. Right? There's, there's tons of words on this, on this page. You see what praise does? I'm not ignoring. It doesn't mean that the problem, it doesn't mean that stress is not on my street. It doesn't mean that I don't need to pay bills. It doesn't mean that, that I'm not going through something hard. But what I'm choosing to do is zoom in on the goodness of God. And now all I could see is God. And while I'm focused on his goodness, he's working it out for me. So, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And not only magnify him, but exalt his name, which means I magnify his goodness, but then I also exalt his name, which means I put his name over the, the other name I'm worried about. Diabetes, exalt his name over it. Brokenhearted, exalt his name over it. That's why he gave you his name. Right? That's why he calls you friend. Friends walk out on you, exalt his name over it. He's your friend. He's your comforter. Right? You're lonely, exalt the comforter over. You need breakthrough. Don't focus on the poverty. Don't focus on the closed door. Exalt the one who opens doors no man can close. So we magnify him. We draw closer to him. And I'm not ignoring. But when I walk into my situation, I still see him. This is why we can, God can trust us with a space like this. And I can't wait till we get the building permit. They were praying next door in our worship center, which is the building next door. But when you walk in, it's bird poop is all kind of stuff in there. Ugh. But when you have God eyes, you can see a mess and you magnify the vision more than you magnify the current condition. And the long as you magnify the vision, you will see the vision come to pass. That's why he said, write it down. 
So to magnify is to make great in size, scale, magnitude, or importance to make bigger. Make God bigger. You zoom in. You resist the devil and he'll flee. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. As you make him bigger, guess what? You become bigger. And you go from seeing yourself as a grasshopper to although in stature you're smaller, but you become as big as the giants that's in your land. So when we magnify the Lord, we adopt his perspective of our circumstance. We get a better view. We, we get, we, when we praise God, we battle from our cold seat. When we praise God, we, we battle from sonship. We don't battle from emotions. But we allow heaven to, to, to use our emotions, use our fear, use our, our worry. So cast your cares on me. And here's what God says. You cast your care on me. I'm going to cast my care on you. This is what you got to get. God's responsible for what he cares for. So whatever he cast on you, that's what he's anointed you for. So he says, take my yoke. In other words, stop carrying worldly burdens and carry my burden. My burden is a lot lighter than your burden. He's only responsible to back his burdens, not yours. This is what the anointing is for. The yoke-destroying, burden-removing power. If you won't carry his burdens, you don't need his anointing. You don't need his anointing to get out of stuff you chose to get into. But you need his anointing to get out of what he put you in. So if he says, get out the boat and walk on water, guess what? The anointing is responsible to save you. The anointing will never let you sink when you stepped out on a word. So some of us are like, God, where are you? Well, unfortunately, it may take a little time. Because some of you are where you are because you refuse to do it God's way. And when your will wins over God's will, it will be a struggle. So instead of asking God to clean it up, I don't think the prodigal son asked the, his father to come clean the pig pen. He came to himself and got out the pig pen. And you might think the pig pen is that last relationship, but you notice how you left the pig pen but you took the pig pen mindset. What needs to change is your mindset. What needs to change is your mindset towards yourself. And stop identifying your worth with that last person you was with. How about I tell you, God closed that door. I heard this several days ago, and this is for someone. Especially, and you got to be very careful with this. This is very dangerous for pastors to say because religion has scared people to stay married. But there's some of you 
that are trying to make dead things work. And God says it's over. You need, deep, you need a little more counsel on that because some of y'all, please don't go home and tell your spouse it's over. Please don't do that because that's not what I'm telling you. But if you're an abusive, you are in a dangerous, you are in a toxic space. Show me anywhere in the Bible where God says, because you got married, stay in toxicity for the rest of your life. There's some undoing that we have to do. And we've made you feel like you're going to hell if you get a divorce. We are not promoting divorce. But we are also not promoting bondage. No one is, God, God is not telling you to stay with an abusive person. God is not telling you to stay with someone abusive that is abusive emotionally. He's not telling, now, now hear what I'm telling you. If you haven't let God in the marriage, then you haven't tried everything. But if you've tried God, if you've tried books, you've tried counsel, you've tried medication, you've tried everything, and someone in the covenant says, I am not doing it God's way, you're free indeed. <laughs> that is so counter-religion. Because what religion tells you, you made your decision, stay in it. <laughs> well, when you was living in hell, how did Jesus give you the option to get out? So when I was out in the world, the Lord said, you don't have to stay in that. He didn't say, well, you chose to go there. You made your decision, live with it. God had a purpose for you before you got married. But now your purpose cannot exist because you're not in the proper soil. And you think God's saying, well, I can't use you anymore. You bring me scripture. It is not God's will and it is not God's plan for divorce to happen. But marriage is for the sole purpose to represent God's love, Jesus' love for his bride. And if God is not getting glory, <laughs> children are suffering because you won't do it God's way. So you think God is willing to lose several generations because you deciding to be stuck? What's glory? I got to get out of this so I can live in life and live in purpose. Yes, my kids are going to suffer from this, but they're going to suffer more having to come home every day. And we done made God out of an animal. I think more people would try harder if they did have an option. That's why you came to Jesus. Because you had an option. <laughs> this is what we miss. Did the Lord make you marry him? He died for you. And he said, whenever you're ready. There's so much bondage the church has caused. 
religion has caused. And I'm talking to that person who feels like, and this may be not just marriage, but you feel like certain decisions, God is mad at you. Maybe it's abortion. Maybe you've gotten an abortion and you, you like, I'm filthy. I'm ashamed. God's mad at me. Hey. God don't hold grudges. Right? What religion does is it, it wants you to, it wants to punk you with fear. And make you, see, if you come to God based on fear, you will serve him out of fear. For God did not give you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So I don't know what sons or daughters are here today. But the Lord said, leave your shame. Just lift your hands right where you are. If you have not tried God in your relationship, you still got work to do. Divorce is not a bailout. <laughs> no one said, God said, get out the relationship because it's too hard. What I'm telling you is you've tried everything and even God can't help you. Have you truly allowed God to be in the center of everything you do? You don't got to know it all today, but you can make a commitment to pursue knowing. The Lord will meet you right where you are. And right where you are in your heart, within yourself, you can say, God, I've, I've strayed. I've, I just want to be closer. I've allowed excuses. I've allowed failures. I've allowed hurt. I've allowed life to create a distance between you and I. But Lord, I'm coming home today. I'm coming home today. I'm coming home today. This is not saying you about to be this super saint or you about to come to church every single Sunday, but as you go wherever you are, you're saying, God, I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm, I'm opening my door and I'm letting you into my life again. The way I see Jesus is when you don't answer the door, he doesn't leave the property. He just sits on the porch. <laughs> and when he hears the door open, he looks back and is like, you ready? The cool thing about God is a one-way invitation. He never takes it back. And maybe that's you today is saying, God, I'm tired of doing life by myself. I'm opening my heart up today to you to let you in. Teach me, show me. I want to do better. In Jesus' name. What I want to ask is I want to shame the devil. Now, now I want to help some people. I'm about to ask one question, and it is not a show. I've had people respond to altar calls, and they'll go right back out and live any old kind of way. If that's you and you know you're going to go out and live, then this is not saying live perfectly. I'm not asking you to do that. But I also mean do not make a decision out of emotions. 
or wanting to be seen. If you know in your heart, man, I'm, I'm about to live, I'm about to turn up tonight. But maybe you're like, Mama, turn up tonight, but man, I really want to change. I don't know who you are in this room, but I feel like there's some people in this room. The simple question I'm going to ask is if that was you in your heart, you felt like, yeah, God, I want you back in my life. And I am going to make an effort to pursue you. Don't know the scriptures. I don't do church like that, but I'm still going to make an effort. One thing I do know is I'm going to walk out this building today having turned from my old self. If that is you and you don't mind praising God by just standing to your feet, if that was you and you like, today, man, I'm making a decision to let the Lord back in my heart. All I'm going to ask you to do is stand up to your feet on the count of three. One, two, three. sisters and just begin to release faith over them that as they make this decision and any attack comes their way lord we just thank you that they stay on the road of faithfulness that you ignite that fire inside of them lord god come on come on we got a brother right here thank you lord you reveal yourself to them in their sleeps in their car come on 20 more seconds if you're close to them, just put your hand on their shoulder if they allow you. Ten more seconds. Come on. Come on, we, let's bind some things. We come against fear. We come against fear. We come against anxiety. We break the spirit of depression. Come on, we break the spirit of double-mindedness. Come on, come on, pray for, pray for your brother and sister. Come on, we declare interruption in the bloodline over their lives, Lord. We come against addiction in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Come on, can we just give God a big old united shout of praise? amazing my God is big my God's amazing 
my God is big. Hallelujah. We're out of time. We are out of praise. Until next time, get your love fixed, man. Walk in the room, everything change, everything change, everything change. As soon as we walk in the room, everything change, everything change, everything change. Listen, thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on all of your favorite streaming platforms. And follow us on social media. You can find us on IG and Facebook at LoveQuest INTL Church. We out here. But you know what it is. You know the motto. We out of time, but we ain't out of Jesus. So till next time, get your love fixed, man. As soon as we walk in the room, everything changed. Everything changed. Everything changed.